0: Welcome back to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, episode number 10.
1: Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus.
0: Before we get started today, I just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for your tremendous support. In this journey, all the way up through episode number 10. I am glad to hear that you've been enjoying it, and I'm sure you will enjoy today's episode. Here we go. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your Nine to Five Show. I am excited to introduce today's guest. Uh, today's guest comes from Sydney, Australia. She is a career coach and a career consultant. And Robin Greaves, welcome so much to the show. Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us today. How are you doing, Robin?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me.
0: It's a pleasure and the honor is all mine. As we spoke, what we'd like to accomplish today is that I I know from our previous conversation, um, we're both excited by the concept of what you refer to as the third chapter of employees who are some who have achieved a level of success in their professional careers and are looking for something that better suits their unique strengths talents and so to speak superpowers and from what i understand is that you help people discover identify and apply these skills and talents to their unique professional settings and environments so for the listener who is trying to figure out what it is on their end that is their unique superpower? What would be the very first step that they would need to do?
1: Uh I think that's a very good question, and I think people do, as you say, um, really get to a stage. A, a typical person that I that I work with is somebody who's been successful, probably might, has been working for a, a decade or more, and for whatever reason has got to a stage in their career where they really want to unpack and repack for the next stage of their career journey. And uh, I mean, I I guess the first step is to recognise that um, and to hold the intention that it is possible to find work that is energising and aligned and enjoyable. I think a lot of people, um, you know, don't necessarily believe that that's the case. And while we all have to meet the market and we all have to earn a living, um, it is possible to really find something that that um that really is resonant so being open to thinking differently being open to uh uh to to finding something that really um is more enlivening or to reorganize your work uh in a way sometimes i find that it's not necessarily changing your work but actually getting in touch with all of the things that are really um energizing and important um, for you at that stage of your of your life and it does change as we go through life sometimes it's adding in something it's sometimes it's bringing to life or working um, in a part of your profession or even something outside of your professional world that is um, um that is energizing something bringing something back in working differently um or sometimes it is a you know a, a, a major transition mm-hmm. I find I find that for some people um the idea of a plan B and actually working on something as a bit of a side project is also something that can really uh for some people bring new energy and the chance to try something without completely changing everything so uh that is also something that I would uh, you know, okay. I would think uh, about working towards but yes I would, yes does that answer your question
0: um it does. And um, but that's quite a bit, and I would like to kind of unpack some of the, some of the things sure. I've been writing I've been away as you're speaking. Um, so first thing is you mentioned is that some of the people that you consult with have a preconceived notion that work is not supposed to be enjoyable, and it's sort of like something we're we're forced to accept upon ourselves that we have to so we have to be able to provide for ourselves and our families. So this is a price that we have to pay. And something that you're teaching them is, A, work can and I think work should be enjoyable because if it's not, that means something's not in sync. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's like that boil frog idea. You know, you could have been working in an organization and it has really, has really worked for you and then something happens, as I say, it might be something internal, it may be a leadership change, it might be a change in the business, but it it becomes out of alignment. So that idea of keeping an eye on it and being prepared to unpack and repack at different stages of your life journey, um, you know, recognising that things may have been fabulous, Mm -hmm. um, but they now, for whatever reason, aren't working anymore and that that's part of life. It's part of, you know, that's realistic. Um,
0: Why do you think that people begin to look in other words many of the people apparently the people that come to you and they approach you for assistance they've been doing okay and some of them perhaps have been very successful at what they've what they were doing but now they feel like the need to look for their the next stage what what is pushing them what's motivating them to to look for this and to reach out to you or others that they may reach out to
1: Well, sometimes it's an external change. So, you know, the world of work is changing significantly. There are people for whom their work is disappearing or uh, has been offshored, so it's no longer um, available. Sometimes it's it's an aspirational thing that you want to actually progress or move into a different, you know, a, a different stage of career or a different type of work. And how do you actually get there? So for some people, it's the it's recognising a, a, a gap or a, um, you know, a how. Um, for some people, it's, I mean, we're we're multifaceted beings. So the idea that you just do the one thing for your whole career life is probably flawed for most people. So for some people, it's, you know, I've got something else I want to do or another part of me that I want to explore or give or expand into. And how do I, you know, how do I do that? Um and, and what is uh, getting clarity around it. So there's mm-hmm. a part of it is, is getting clarity around it and part of it is how do I actually get from here to there. Got um, it. And there, yeah, that's right. And there is a skill set in that transition. I think that's another thing that, you know, is is a bit of a message that there is a skill in transitioning. So you wouldn't expect to start playing golf or tennis. It's not in without, you know, without someone... Without getting some doing some reading, some thinking, and getting some instruction, it's not an innate thing to be able to transition or get a job or um, you know to do to do that well. It's a skill set. So how to actually do how
0: that how, how reassuring is that? Because anyone who's in a position who's trying to transition into something else, in addition to the challenge of trying to identify exactly what is it that is the right line of work or the right business for them to start or right profession for them to engage in that actual process itself needs some sort of guidance and and without reaching out to anyone for assistance that i'm sure multiplies the pain or it it makes the challenge that much greater without knowing that that is a fascinating look at the actual process, why? Well, not the goal is not just to get to the next step. The actual transition itself. I love that. Yes,
1: that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that,
0: that, that, That's such a that's such a great insight. Now, you mentioned before, um, a, sometimes for some people, a plan B or some sort of side project might be appropriate. And I guess this goes into what you just mentioned about the skill of transitioning. That if someone's in at something that they in a position or a company a business that they're they feel like they're out of sync or their job is disappearing or there's some sort of, you know, personal or internal conflict that is pushing them in the direction of a career transition. Sometimes, it, you know, you can not just flip a switch and one day the person's an accountant, the next day they're a lawyer or one day they're in this department with these responsibilities, the next day everything is shifted. So can you tell us a little bit more of how someone may go about doing that or, or maybe even a specific example? Um, of either yourself or someone else who has done so successfully
1: sure, sure I know um, somebody that i um that I know well I didn't actually work with this person, but i um, um an example of somebody that I know who did that very successfully, so they actually had had a government career um six you know, really successful career mm-hmm. just at that stage we're really wanting to Explore other opportunities. This person, actually, um, as well as uh, their core skill set, which was, let's say, government um, IT senior okay. um, senior senior work, um, was very interested in mediation and working in in um, that space. So he, while he was still working, actually trained as a mediator. Um, so there's a you know there's a skill set, of course, involved in accreditation and um, was able to do that sort of work, um, I think, voluntarily originally, but got involved in in that work in in different ways. He has actually transitioned to a portfolio, so he's been able to, um, I think he also upskilled a bit in his original career to be a bit more how-to and a bit less of a, um, a leader of people, but he has negotiated a couple of government contracts, actually, so he's still working in the work that he was originally trained for, but also is working a couple of days a week now for a um, not-for-profit mediation agency. So really feeling that he's bringing that, you know, that work and that, that, um, uh, that work is fantastic. Him actually gives him also a lot of community and a lot of the other things that he gets from work um, in terms of, you know, connection with people and, and so forth, but is um, also working in his, in his original professional area and topping up the income from both of those, of course, because you know one of those areas is not very well paid and the other is, is, is um, you know, able to be um, paid on a good daily rate. So it's helped him to balance out the work that he's doing. And uh, I saw him recently and he said to me, um, you know, this is a guy who's late career now, who you know, would be in his 60s, and he said to me, this is the best chapter of my career ever. I'm absolutely wow. having wow. a ball and, and I'm not intending to finish work. I'd want, you know, this is, I'm not, I'm not intending to stop work anytime soon. Um, and he looks fabulous. You know, if if I'm telling you how old he is, but he could be a decade younger. Um, but um, that's really working for I him. Hope, I hope so I guess the, this. <laughs> I guess the message, <laughs> the message is also to think outside the square. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I haven't, you know, my work's disappeared or I'm not having, I'll have to get another, I'll get another job or I'll, you know, I'll look on, you know, one of the job boards. Well, actually you can create something for yourself that really works. Um, right, and, but the um, problem is
0: that that takes work and that takes the skill of transitioning because, you know, people say, well, what should I do? I mean, right now I'm doing this profession and it's not working for me and I don't want to do that other profession. So it's, it's either A, B or C and you know, mm. what you're saying is is so true that you know you may have to create an original um an, an original smorgas board or an, an original assortment of positions jobs businesses something that that you can get all your needs met be it financial be it personal gratification self expression um sense of community everything that a person needs to get from their professional environment may not all come from one particular job or one particular role we have to spread out a little bit, and it seems like to, from from your friend's uh, case that he's it seems like he's not looking to go anywhere. Like he's started transitioning and kind of you know permanently parked in that position. Is it, is it right? Is yes. that how it is?
1: Excellent. Well, yes, I think that at the moment that's really working for him, and he you know he um uh, you know he he he's getting his needs really met in that in that way i think you know there for some people it is a professional realignment and they you know not everybody it's a portfolio that's just one example i've worked with people who um you know who who even want to, there's an opportunity within within their organization to step up they've been doing what they've been doing for quite a long time and there may be some reskilling in that so sometimes so for example if you're stepping up into a leadership position or you want to you might need to make yourself more visible there might be some particular skills like you know that that aren't aren't again innate that you need to learn to actually more leadership skills or leading leaders or whatever it is but there may be some skill set to develop and some some um you know new connections within your profession and within the organization in which mm-hmm. you're working so that you can actually move within that world um sometimes there are people that I have worked with who their jobs have actually disappeared I mean that is the way of the Evolving world of work um, mm-hmm. at the moment. So sometimes, you know, you actually have to re, it's out of no, um, um, you know, it's the way that it is. But within that reorganizing, you can really find something that does, um, you know, really work for you.
0: Right. I mean, many times when the jobs disappear, they're replaced with other jobs, which sometimes require the same skill set, sometimes not. But I like how you call it a realignment. And kind of finding another application for their skills um
1: that's right that's right so i've recently well, i've started working with somebody who's in works in supply chain for example a lot of that work is going to disappear in the next you know five years maybe a bit longer than that i would say about the next five years with artificial intelligence people know that so mm-hmm. saying okay that's what i've been working in but it's going to radically change so i need to be ahead of the game i need to um, be thinking about what i'm going to do as a next step and and it does take time to make a big transition like that like you you ideally start building out your network for the next stage of your journey and in doing that find out what opportunities there are have conversations with people start to um you know start to plan for that so that you don't turn around one day and find that you're um, you know that the world shifted and that you haven't moved with it. So I think there's also that component mm-hmm. um, in the work that I do, and that is again that's the reality of of the of the world. Right. But keeping an eye on that, what are the waves? What are the evolving trends? What's happening um, in the world, and how can I actually add value to that? And how can I ride those waves and so- and uh, yeah, find a place for myself within that.
0: You you mentioned about starting early, and this is something, which uh, which we see is, again, maybe in Australia is different, but for sure in the United States, the understood way of thinking is that you go, you know, you you go to college, you get a degree in something, and so hopefully it'll be something that can earn you, you know, that will allow you to be successful professionally. But then the goal is to specialize, 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 because if you're a doctor, there are many other doctors. If you're an attorney, there are many other attorneys, but you're going to be a tax attorney for a specific type of corporation doing business in a certain particular type of way, so then you're needed. Now, there's truth to that. You know, In any type of profession, by specializing, you know that creates your need, but the second no one needs that specialty anymore, or if there's sufficient... You know, if there are other people, and and supply and demand, so then, then th- that person can be up the creek without a paddle, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So by mm. by what you're saying is starting early is is if we don't have to limit ourselves, you know. So and you know, hone in so so specifically, but and first of all, nobody is that way. You know, we're complex human beings, and we have so many different aspects. Uh, you know, nobody on birth, the, the nurse didn't say you will be you know, uh, a cardiac surgeon, pediatric, you know, something very specific mm-hmm. where, where mm-hmm. human beings were much more complex than that. So what you're saying is, is really useful. And it's, it's very counterintuitive to what we're used to thinking is that we might have any particular position, but we should, we should be constantly growing all the parts of ourselves. Um, you know, I could tell you philosophically why I think that's correct, but even just from a business perspective, because you never know where within your organization that might be necessary and that might be your next promotion step up. You might see a business opportunity to start your own or like you're saying, industries come and go. Things which have been around for a very long time, you know, they, they may disappear and and then your specialty might be useless unless you've been using it, you know, and applying it more broadly.
1: That's right. That's right. And I mean, I think part of the message of the, you know, right, my idea of like the third, um, the third chapter encapsulates this that, I mean, people are also living longer, and um, there is therefore with that great opportunity to, um, you know, to live into other parts of yourself, to uh, provided you, you know, you're healthy and well and that you've kept yourself current, um, to, um, or that, you know, you can develop that currency. I mean, it, it just takes more time if you haven't kept your eye. Mm-hmm. um out and got going earlier, but it's still possible to come back, I think, from any from any place really. Absolutely. But um <clears throat> people have an opportunity to really, you know, live into themselves and to to work and, and have really a whole other chapter of work and life that wasn't available to them only a decade or two ago. So people are not retiring at, you know, um sixty or sixty five and and not live and living only a few more years after that um there are many people like my example of my friend with the portfolio who who um you know the possibilities are endless and one of the things about having been successful and and you know having that early career and 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 developing skill set and having some um uh you know some some um uh having established yourself a bit in the world is that many people have got great flexibility then to be able to say well you know what I'm really going to find something else that's going to be um, really, um, a great trajectory for me, and the opportunity to give back, and the opportunity to um, to create something that really is who I am and and resonant with the person that I am. So if you get to fifty and you've been successful in your career, and you say, you know what, this is Project Me. I really want to bring like, the parts of myself to the to the world and to to work whatever that is for you. That might be a a next step up role that you really you know you really really love to do and you're free of some of the responsibilities of family and running kids to school that you you had a decade earlier or it might be a portfolio mm-hmm. or it might be whatever it is but whatever it is for you it's very possible to live into that and to create right. something that actually is a great next step in that ladder and that latter phase of career mm-hmm. but I think that is you know a brand new opportunity right. for many people that was not there um and, I, and in many ways the connected world is giving us great chance to do that too
0: like us meeting together right now <laughs>
1: like us meeting together right now that's it yeah. I'm, I'm not
0: sure if you're familiar with the book the four hour work week by tim ferris yes but, i am oh you are okay awesome so i i absolutely love that book and the, Me too. the concept that i mean i i don't want to work for only four hours i want to be productive every single moment that i'm up and that it just I wouldn't want it any other way, but the concept mm-hmm. is that you know to create your own passive income in a way that you get to choose how to spend your time is is phenomenal. And but specifically to what you just mentioned, the concept of retiring at sixty five. I'm a nursing home administrator. I've been working with the seniors yes. for a number of years. Mm. Uh, re- retirement is not necessarily a good thing, even if you go to assisted livings. Again, I'm not sure if it works the same way in, in mm. Australia, but the, which you know it's people downsize, they sell their house, they sell their apartment, they move into these luxurious accommodations. The average stay in some of these assisted livings can be two years. No, you would think people move in there and they're there forever. It's not a natural way of being of being on vacation every single day and just mm. just enjoyment. It doesn't work, and. Um, when I went to, the first time when I walked into such a facility, and I heard those numbers. It was, it, it, you know, it blew me over. But the concept is you don't want to retire at 65 if you enjoy what you're doing. You want to do it until you can no longer do it. The only reason why you, the mm-hmm. only, I, again, I'm, I'm far away from 65. Maybe it's easier for me to say. Mm-hmm. But the, my point is that if you love what you do, then you want to do it forever you want to you want to keep on doing it because you enjoy this this is your essence so that's right that's
1: right and and that work work is is um an expression of who we are um and and you know brings many benefits for people so but it may be that you have to unpack and repack a bit to get it working in a way that works for who you are now and and where you're up to Mm -hmm. and you know what's what's important sometimes i find people um, continue with the work they're doing, but do it less and then um, bring in something paid or even unpaid or even, you know, having more time.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, And that's very much a trend in Australia. A lot of organisations are even, you know, um, getting people engaged in their 40s and 50s long before retirement and saying, you know, what what's it going to look for like for you? starting to think about that and and that we have options that you can if you want to you can work three days a week um and um use your expertise and your specialization and continue to grow and participate in all of the benefits of that but um have more time and and um do some of the other things that are important to you and what might those things be and i think that keeps people very enlivened and energized too that you're not um, you know, you've got the best of both worlds. Hold oh, hold on um, right there.
0: Um, mm-hmm. How does that, how does that work? These people they're working full time. I assume full time is forty hours a week at least. And then they they start working only three days a week in their forties yeah. or fifties. Uh, what happens to their paychecks?
1: Well, they they earn less money. So they may not start doing that until it works for them. But um, so for example, I recently went to my optometrist to get my eyes tested. The guy that tested my eyes, I don't know exactly how old he was, but he was clearly, you know, 60 plus. Um, And he said to me, I've been, you know, I've been an optometrist. He he was fantastic. He knew exactly what he was doing. I could tell and had Mm -hmm. total confidence in him from the moment I laid eyes on him. And he said his organisation had engaged him quite early um, in the conversation. So um, he planned towards that. But now that he's of that age, he only needs to work you know, two or three days a week, and that's giving mm-hmm. him time to do the other things that he likes to do, to spend time with his family, to – he was clearly a fit guy, so he probably had a sporting interest. Right. Um, You know, whatever it is, people have different but, – but still keeping his work alive as part of that um, going forward. And um I think – and what I said, like organisations, I know of organisations that are – they're getting people in the conversation in their 40s. They may not move to that until they're – in their 50s or 60s, but they're starting to have the conversation and to think differently about how they might craft um, a new stage of their career.
0: I, I think you mentioned this briefly earlier, but do you find that when you're consulting with a client, that based on who they are and their experience, that it makes more sense for them to move completely out from being an employee of a company And instead, they have a skill set, they have a knowledge, they have connections in a way that it makes sense for them to go out on their own, either as a consultant or as any other business, you know, that they may be in. Is that sometimes something that you see and perhaps others who are listening right now and they're trying to figure out that, you know, we're discussing they should get in touch with, you know, with who they are and everything we're speaking about is... in the perspective of being an employee and working for somebody else so i guess basically my question is how how do you know and how how does someone define when it's time or if it's ever time to go to go out on their
1: own sure well i think that that is an option for many people um and many people find that um you know working for themselves or creating a portfolio of work um that involves some you know some part-time work and some working for yourself um, works for you know works suits them well. Um, I think if you've been an employee and you haven't you know haven't worked for yourself, it's important to really um, you know ex- um, do some do some self reflection and get some insight into uh, you know what what you might need to develop in order to be successful doing that and, right. and to really you know I think it's true because it is a different you know it does require a different skill set. Um, and um, a different mindset working for yourself. Um, I, I, there are some really good online tools that you can use. Um, Such as, I, do you have anything? Uh, I quite. Go
0: ahead. Yeah,
1: I, well, well, I think um, um, any of that strengths finders material that's MIT, um, the positive psychology. A lot of that's free. You can go online and have a look at that. I, I personally use a tool called the Berkman, which is a American based tool, but it's been internationally. Um, validated and is a fantastic tool for getting insight into some of the um, personal qualities and, and um, ways of of working.
0: What is the name of that last tool?
1: It's called the Berkman, Mm B-I-R-K-M-A-N. You can have a look on berkman.com. They have um, an entry level one that if it's free, if it's not free, it's not very, um, you know, not costly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a more sophisticated version that, um, that, you know, you need to be accredited to utilise and I have that, you know, I have that accreditation there, there are, you know, those people accredited all over the world, certainly many people within the US, but um, just to uncover like parts, I really like the Berkman because as well as about what motivates you and what you're interested in and, and, um, you know, getting a lot of personal insight and language to describe that. A lot of people don't have the language to really describe what, you know, what motivates them or how they like to work. It's not something they've ever sort of engaged in conversation around. Right. So it gives you a lot of that sort of insight, but it's also got a lot of occupational data behind it so that, you know, there are things about working for yourself that it's useful to know how you will approach that because for some people, um, you know, it doesn't, there are, there are unforeseen aspects of working for themselves that they don't um, understand until they actually start to find it really hard. So you don't want to make that leap without the self-knowledge and self-insight so that, you know, and if it's something that you know that you're not going to be good at, then you can build that into your um, transition ahead of time. So, you know, um, an example of that would be whether or not you like to work in teams or individually. Some people find it very hard to actually work on their own. They find it hard to keep motivated. Um, They find it hard to think without having someone to talk to. so, you know, where are you on that spectrum? And again, you know, you may be able to work for yourself and get that need met in other ways or, um, you know, find find a um, a portfolio that meets your needs across the different activities you're doing, but to know that about yourself is very important. You know, what's your orientation to asking for money? Um, and reward is also an, an important aspect of that. So, yes, so I would say, you know, find, okay, so those, get those yourself are... self
0: Right. I mean, those are definitely very useful tools. It sounds mm-hmm. like those might be useful regardless if you're going to go out on your own and start your own business or if you're going to um, just get a good idea of who you are. Is that right? It, wouldn't it work both Absolutely. ways? Absolutely. It would.
1: Absolutely. And I think anything you can do on the personal development front to get more self-insight is always a useful thing for, you know, career transition for lots of reasons, but for career transition. Mm-hmm. Um so that you really, as I say, there's a language to talking about those things too that you pick up from um, from reading and engaging in in those sort of self assessments, and and uh, that's really important so that you you do get that insight and that you don't you know you minimise then the mistake, and if you if you do go forward um, you with that self insight you can plan for the things that you might. more difficult ahead of time rather than yes rather than encountering them um, from uh, from a place of of not awareness.
0: Excellent I really appreciate everything that you've shared today. Um, Before we wrap up is if there's one particular activity that a listener right now can do as soon as they're finished with this episode uh, something that they can do to get one step closer to finding and defining Um, their unique strengths, powers, talents. Uh, I know you mentioned those three tools and they can definitely use those assessments to be able to understand it better. But is there any other exercise that you would recommend uh, someone in that position to engage in?
1: I think it's quite useful to look at what you've been doing, your achievements. It's quite good to write down, um, you know, two or three things that you consider to be your greatest achievements, things that are not necessarily work-related. Um, and then really have a look at those, like who were you with, what were you doing, was it as a group or individually, what were the skills you were using. Um, that often gives you insight into, you know, what what you like to do and what's really important. You may have some people that you've worked with who know you well that you can ask as well. So get a few conversations going about, you know, what, what, what do you think are my strengths? Um, you know, ask people, engage people. Um, um, and uh I also think, and we haven't really touched so much on this part of the of the transition journey, but there's something very important about tapping into your own intuition and and your own inner you know, knowing and um I encourage people to you know to journal to spend a bit of time just on your own in that sort of place, whatever you do to get in that place of you know some people meditate or just get into that creative kind of space where you you're tapping a bit of that side of yourself. Do a bit of even you know, every morning, get up and, and journal um, and um, just see what's there. Uh, get l- get l- tapped l- let me just into cut your in your right voice. there for, for a moment
0: because mm-hmm. yeah. th- this is something that we did not discuss at all. And no. um, and I'm a little bit fascinated by this. So f- can you explain just briefly what the, what does that mean? Intuition and how does and what do you mean by journal by journaling just step by step? What what exactly does that mean?
1: Sure. Well, I think, um, uh, when I say intuition, that as well as, um, you know, um, analytical knowing, we also there's a, there's a lot of just, um, uh, that's where crea- you know it's like being creative. Where does that come from mm-hmm. when I create something, when I sit down and write or draw or have a new idea? So it's
0: like a so, sixth sense. You yeah, it's in that,
1: okay. in that realm. So I think okay. there's a lot a lot in that realm that we often in the busyness of life don't tap into. And sometimes I find if people spend a bit of time, you know, it might be having a walk in nature and then doing a bit of writing, or it might be just including a little bit of sort of – so when I say journaling, writing, um, drawing, just sitting with yourself and tapping into whatever comes.
0: Expressing our, our Expressing our natural expressing- creativity.
1: Yeah, that's right. And sometimes people find that there is a lot of knowing right there if they pause for a moment and let that come through. So there is an element of in any transition. I think um, whatever the transition is, and we make many transitions in life. If you actually journal, as in write, draw, or whatever it is that, so get a book, get a nice looking book. I would say one that you know, one that you um, that you feel good picking up and and writing in and then sit and spend a little bit of time. Might be 10 minutes a day. It might be that you, um, you know, that you walk on the weekends, you have a bit of a bushwalk on the weekends, and then you um, sit under a tree and spend an hour with yourself a week and just, you know, write in that journal, maybe draw wow. if you don't like writing or whatever, and just see, doodle away to yourself and just sort of see, because sometimes there's a lot of un untapped, knowing right there. So spending time with yourself as well.
0: Uh-huh. You're saying is, there's um, no important. one who really knows ourselves better than ourselves if we allow ourselves the chance to get to know ourselves. I know I said the word ourselves a lot of times, but I think that's true. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We just don't, yeah. we don't usually focus on that. Okay, so... No. I That, that is, um, you know, I think you've shared with us three very practical, applicable um exercise we can engage in right away and that is reviewing our achievements even not related to work and defining which specific skills were used Um, the second one you mentioned is asking friends associates anyone within your social circle what they perceive as as your biggest strengths and this third one is focusing on our own intuition and that own inner self and that can only happen uh with reflection. Now, I know you mentioned an, an hour is a lot of time, but I'm just thinking on a perhaps a more practical level, not that what you're saying is not practical, but this kind of you could do that in the shower, you could do it on the commute um home. Absolutely. I once heard yes. that that um you know, people when they get into the car or when they ever get into a place where they're going to be there for a while, most people right away they'll turn on the radio, they'll turn, they'll listen to something um even if it's something educational. But it's very, very uncomfortable to sit in a car, you know, in a in an hour commute and have nothing on, because th- that there's only one person that we can meet, and that's ourselves. Or put another yes. way, you know, the last person we would want to meet in a dark alley is ourselves, because yes. confronting ourselves sometimes is a challenge. Now, before we wrap up, uh, if there's one book that you would recommend that can help us get more in touch perhaps with this concept of intuition or, or even not, just with um, being able to get in touch with who we are and figuring out ways to apply this to our personal and professional settings. Is there one particular book that you would recommend that perhaps has made a significant impact on you as well?
1: Um, one book. Um thinking. Ah. Uh, I you mentioned Tim ferris I really like his I really like his work. Um I think that um you know the 4-hour working week is really metaphorical for um you know putting your focus on what's really important and I really I really like that whether it's 4 hours or 5 hours. Um but I think that a lot of what is in his work is fantastic. Okay. I really like Simon senek Um to find your why. Um, there's a um, a very how-to version of that that's out at the moment, which is I think very useful and very practical. Um, and he's got TED Talks, so you can. Um, yeah, so I'm only familiar with the TED, TED, Talk. TED Talks. So
0: he has a book also, Find Your Why.
1: Yeah, Find Your Why. There's a how-to guide, a practical guide that's come out recently that's on the book um, best, you know, best seller um, list here in Australia, and I think. So there's some very practical how-to. Nice. In the, okay. In I'll that, definitely in that include book. links yes.
0: to all this in the show notes. We'll put links to these books and the other tools that you mentioned as well.
1: Um, yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Excellent. Um, last um, last point before we let you go. If um, if any of the listeners want to be in touch with you, and if they have any questions, uh, what would be the best way for them to learn all about you, your your services, and to be in touch with you?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn and, um, that's how, you know, how we connected. Um, so LinkedIn and, um, also I do have a website, thethirdchapter.com, third three R D T H E three R D. Um, chapter.com. And, uh, so you can find out all about me by having a look there.
0: Okay. Excellent. I know I, I had a look there and I'm still learning more, uh, from the website as well. Thank you so much, Robin, for sharing, uh, some of your experience, your talent and um you know with the listeners today it's packed with lots of applicable and practical how-to information as well as some very interesting and unique uh background information uh, getting into the more creative fuzzy side of ourselves as well which some of us you know shark away from but i really appreciate your time with us today thank you so much and we really i really wish you the best of luck in all of your endeavors
1: Thank you, it's been an absolute pleasure and I wish you the very best too I think it's, it's a, a fabulous project that
0: I'm so grateful to Robin for sharing her experiences with us and in case you missed anything you can find it all in the show notes at schmollseptimus.com 10 again that's S-H-M-U-E-L S-E-P-T-I-M-U-S dot com 10 I'd like to give a quick shout out to those who have reached out to me with their feedback. I really, really appreciate it. I can be reached via email at shmuel at shmuelseptimus.com. I do respond to every email that comes in. You can also find me on LinkedIn by searching for my name in the search box. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. You can go directly there by shmuelseptimus.com slash iTunes. This will help iTunes share this show with others who are interested in the show. Till next time, learn to apply the tips that you've learned from this episode and bring your professional career a little more in sync with your unique superpowers.